I'm Patrick Reynolds, founder of Kenzai, and this is Welcome to Your Body. In this podcast, we take the big, complicated, contradictory world of fitness and try to pull out digestible chunks of actionable information that you can use right now to make your life better. Let's imagine you're at your funeral, and above your casket or your urn of ashes, there's a picture. What's this picture of? Is it going to be a nicely framed photo of your beautiful shoulder blades or your toned hamstrings? Of course not. People want to be reminded of you, and they want to see a picture of you, and so there'll be a picture of your face. More than any other part of your body, your face is your identity. It's your constant calling card as you move through the world. And we're seeing this become even more true with things like phones that unlock based on the biometrics of your face. You are your face. We have a whole area of our brain, it's called the fusiform gyrus, devoted to the task of recognizing faces. This is down deep in the temporal lobe where we process basic sensory information. This means that dealing with faces is an old primal part of being human. We're so keyed in to recognizing faces that our brains could never do it sometimes. Sometimes we see faces in everyday objects, like buildings or clouds or pieces of toast, like when they have the Jesus toast. This is called pareidolia. This is a hiccup in the human mind in which we see faces where there are no faces because we're just so ready to find two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. We'll put some examples in the show notes of some classic pareidolia cases where you can't help but see the face, even though you're looking at an eggplant or a cloud or something like that. When the fusiform area of the brain is damaged or underdeveloped, the face becomes a confusing mess of sensory data. This can lead to a disorder called prosopagnosia, uh, which is just Latin for face blindness, where someone is utterly unable to remember faces. And I think Brad Pitt and uh, the neurologist Oliver Sacks both suffer from this condition. And they've spoken about how challenging it is, and how stressful it is to make any kind of social interaction happen when you just don't recognize faces. All of this is to say that the way your face looks and the way it expresses itself are a huge part of the human experience. It's hard-coded into your basic brain architecture at the fundamental level. I've heard all sorts of reasons for people wanting to get in shape. People will say they want to get washboard abs, they want to get a toned booty, they want to get big biceps, or they want to get the thigh gap in between their leggings. But I've never heard anyone say, I want a fitter face. And that's kind of strange if you think about it. No matter how great your abs are, only a small percentage of people you ever meet will see your abs. But 100% of people will see your face. They will interact with your face. They'll remember your face as the main physical component of you. And this is even more true now in the digital age, where if when someone's interacting with you online, they're going to be looking at your headshot. Or when you call them on your phone, the picture of your face will flash up. Your face is you. So let's explore how the face is constructed and how your body fat can really screw things up. So you have a skull. And if you think about a skull, it has a bunch of protuberances, a bunch of bony outcroppings all over it, like your cheekbones, your nasal cavity, your jaw. Uh, your always little rounded points in the skull are anchor points for the over 40 different facial muscles and ligaments that make your face up. So these are the muscles that pull like a puppeteer animating your face through all of its suite of expressions and feelings. And interspersed between these muscular lines are fat storage compartments. So like a well-prepared squirrel, 
Your body loves to pack away fat in little hollows all throughout your body. Some of these storage zones, like the butt, the tummy, the love handles, they can store a lot of fat. They're big deposits. Other places, like your fingers or your knees and your face, they hold much smaller fat deposits, but they're still there. And as you gain fat through eating more calories than you expend, your body spreads the adipose tissue, the fat cells, and layers across all of your fat stores in proportion to the size of the fat pocket. You can think of your fat storage areas like warehouses of different sizes. When you have excess fat to distribute, the love handle warehouse says, hey, we have a space for 100 fat cells over here, while your cheek fat warehouse might say, we have space for about 10 fat cells up here. But those 10 fat cells in the face will be much more noticeable because they're distributed amongst so many tiny muscles in an area quite close to the surface of your skull. So an extra fat percentage point on your stomach won't make much of a visual difference. It's going to look like basically a stomach. But on your face, it will. So let's talk about these facial fat compartments in a little more detail. Let's start with what are called the orbital fat zones. You have the hollow of your eye where your eyeball sits. That's called the orbital socket. And around that socket, under your brow, under your eye, and then to the side of the eye, you've got some very small fat pockets. These are probably the most disruptive places to add fat on your entire body. When your face fattens up, you're plumping up the padding directly above and below your eye. As the fat stores get larger, they begin to crowd out the intricate folds of the upper and lower eye. And this makes your eyes appear smaller and more crowded together and beadier almost. The fat pockets also block a lot of light from hitting your eyeball, which means your eyes seem less sparkly. They seem duller. And this is often what's behind uh, when people lose a lot of weight and people say, wow, your eyes look so bright. There's nothing magical happening here. It's because more light is hitting the shiny, wet surface of the eyeball. That's all it is. Because there's fewer photons getting blocked by fat and more photons hitting the eye. That's all it is. not magic. The eyes are the windows to the soul. And what happens when you surround them with fatty deposits of unnecessary tissue, it's like putting up ugly, puffy curtains on those windows. Uh, we, as a species, I don't know why, we perceive narrow, obstructed eyes as a sign of shiftiness and of guilt. But large, open, inviting eyes are seen as innocent or trustworthy, and they're much more inviting. So if you're plumping up these orbital fat storage areas around your eye, you're making life hard on yourself. When people can't see your eyes clearly, they're more likely to keep their guards up and to keep their distance. The nice thing about eyes is that they're all beautiful. From the darkest blacks to the bluest eyes, the human eye is an intricate and just lovely thing to behold. So don't obscure them behind pillows of orbital fat. It's a real shame. Now let's talk about your forehead. Believe it or not, your forehead does have pockets of fat on it. And they're very thin. They're just a few millimeters. But when they're plumped out with fat, they have the effect of reducing the visual height of the ledge that's called the supraorbital bridge. This is the, the brow where your eyebrows sit. So in someone who's at a healthy body weight, they're going to get a little bit of a bump at the eyebrow ridge. When your forehead fat stores are plumped out, it gives you a much more flat, non-ledge appearance, and it makes your head forehead look kind of like a slab, uh, and it dominates more of your face, it makes your forehead look bigger, and it makes the other parts of your face seem smaller in comparison. So you want to keep fat off of your forehead. It's pretty important. Next up, of course, this is the one everyone thinks of with face fat, is your cheek fat. So there are three distinct areas of fat in the cheek region. 
So there's one directly to the side of your nose. It's called the nasolabial compartment. So if you think about yourself when you laugh or you smile, you'll see a line running from your nose to the edge of your lip. And that's called the nasolabial fold. It creates kind of a plateau around the lips. Your Under your nose becomes a flat place and your lips come out of it. When the nasolabial fat compartment gets plump, it really exaggerates this laugh line. Instead of a smooth transition between the cheeks and the mouth, you get a really abrupt contour change and it makes both parts look bad. It gives you that puffy, squirrely look and it makes your lips appear smaller and it casts strange shadows, which are not particularly helpful to uh, the human aesthetic. The other two cheek fat zones are right on top of the zygomatic bone, which is the cheekbone. When you fatten up these two areas, you lose the sharpness of your cheekbones and it's replaced with these squishy round balls of tissue that stick straight out of your face. And of course, you can see this if you just look online at uh, dramatic weight loss. Uh, people's cheekbones are completely pillowed over when they're overweight. And when they get down to a healthier body weight, all of a sudden you can see the structure of their skull and it makes their faces a lot more appealing. When your cheek fat zones are plumped out, you lose a lot of the drama of the human face. The sides of your nose, aligning your cheeks, and the plunge down to your lips are all really interesting places for light and shadow to mix up and interplay. A fat face is much more of a Mr. Potato Head situation, where everything is smoothed out, and there's uninterrupted swatches of skin, and it just takes a lot of the vibrancy out of your expression. So you want to keep those cheeks nice and lean if you can. Finally, we have jaw fat. Uh, this is a long fat compartment. It goes all the way from your hairline down to your jaw. And this is a bigger fat warehouse than the other areas of your face. So you can see a lot more mass gets piled up here. When you fill out this fat pocket of your jaw, you distort the silhouette of your entire head. Uh, if you look at a person from the front who has large fat storage in their jaw compartment, uh, their whole head is wider. And this has the effect of making their eyes and their nose and their mouth appear smaller, like they're almost swimming in the middle of the face. You also see less of the ears, and the jawline itself becomes round and kind of uh, blurry as the strong mandible bone is buried under fat. And here's where things get really rough. If you continue to add fat to the jaw fat zone, you're going to start to have the lower part of the compartment droop beyond the jaw, and this is called a jowl. Now, jowls are part of life. As you get older, the facial muscles lose their tone and things will start to droop. And we recognize when we see someone older that of course they're going to have some parts of their facial skin which kind of droop down below the bone. And that to us is a symbol of looking older. However, when you have too much fat in the jaw, gravity just from the fat is going to pull it out beyond the jawline. And our brains mix that up with someone who looks older, who looks sicker and unhealthier. We don't make any distinction between age jowls and fat jowls. And so you appear older and less healthy when you've got a jolly look going on, no matter what your actual age is. And I'll put some more examples in the show notes of actors who have gone through fat loss and fat gain, and you can see exactly how this affects the vibe of that person, just makes them look a lot less uh, dynamic. So those are your main areas. You've got the orbital fat around your eyes, you've got the nasolabial fat, which makes your cheek look puffier, and you've got the jaw fat, which will hang off your jawbone. But of course, when you're gaining fat, you plump all of these areas up simultaneously, and so these negative visual effects pile up on each other. The end result of carrying a lot of facial fat 
is a less engaging and interesting and compelling face. When you pile fat on your skull bones and your facial muscles, you're essentially blurring the unique layout of your bone structure as it relates to your eyes, your nose, your lips, and your chin. This relationship is what makes you look like you. It's the thing that allows your friend to recognize you across a crowded room. So it's like excess fat smudges your identity. As bad as that is, there's more. Face fat adds a barrier between your facial muscles and the outside world. So as a human, you're capable of hundreds and hundreds of expressions, but fat smooths out a lot of the fine details of these facial movements. So this means your laughs don't form the same deep grooves and your smiles don't show the same crinkle around the eyes. A jaw-dropping moment will show far less drop of the jaw if there's a lot of fat in the way. It's not that you're feeling any of these emotions less, but you're just unable to express them on your face in the most complete way. So we as humans connect to each other through shared emotions and a fat face makes that more challenging than it should be. That for me is the worst part of face fat is that it gets in the way of interacting with people I love. So if you're looking for a reason to get your fitness kickstarted and the abs and the beach body and all that doesn't really get you motivated, think about how much benefit you're going to get from a low body fat face. You're going to appear younger, brighter, way more attractive. You'll find it easier to communicate with people and your face is going to hold the attention of your date across the table or the room full of colleagues watching your presentation. A great looking face is going to get a lot of attention. The best part is your face is already right there. It's waiting to express itself. It's waiting to get out from under that fat and show the world what it really looks like. And you can get there in a few months of solid nutrition and exercise and you are there. Your face will be exposed to the world in all its beauty. So there's some motivation for you as you work through your exercise and nutrition. Unleash your true face to the world. I'm sure we're all going to love it. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Your Body. If you like this podcast, if you like these kind of ideas and approach to wellness, join a Kenzai program. There's one launching every month. We're going to get you looking how you ought to be looking and making you feel proud of the body you have. See you next week.